The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 50 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrowheadlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, Tom and I give you our thoughts and takeaways from the Chiefs' preseason defeat to the Chicago Bears. And as always, we take a look at this week's top Arrowheadlines. But first... Santos's kick is lined up. The kick is good! He got it! They're going to give it off to Tyreek Hill. A little inside slash. Now left, 40-yard line. Hill at midfield. Using the speed, 40. Cuts it back, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! He's got 100 ways to beat you. Touchdown, Kansas City! Well, for our 50th show, Tom and I, do you know, I thought it would be a good thing, actually, to um, to look back at where we started from, look back at our roots, you know. Before we started doing this podcast gig, we thought we'd just have a look back at the first ever podcast we ever did. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast with myself, Brad Simcox, otherwise known as the Brit Chief, for those of you on YouTube. And with me, as always, is Tom Childs. Hi, Brad. How you doing? Very good. Thanks, mate. And uh, I'd say we've come a long way. Would you? Yeah. We did podcasts before they were cool. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not saying we were trendsetters because we weren't. But when that podcast first started, there was only like three, maybe four cheese podcasts at the time. Yeah. And we were definitely the worst. I think we should just jump straight into it. Previous game analysis, should we go straight into the game on Sunday or just cheer us up a bit first with the pre- three previous victories? Uh, well, first of all, yeah. I'd like to uh, make an apology. Um, obviously, we promised this podcast about four weeks ago, but it's entirely my fault why we haven't got it. Um, this is actually our seventh attempt at recording it. Yeah, we were the- um, <laughs> We were definitely, definitely the worst. But yeah, somehow... Well, here we are, what, six years later? We're second worst. And, and, yeah, <laughs> we're the second worst. Yeah, and I still can't believe that we're here six years later, still having a conversation 
every single week. And sometimes it's about the Chiefs, but more often than not, it's about some other nonsense, a bit like this conversation. And um, (laughs) I must say, Brad, I'm going to get all soppy here. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. I'm not going to lie. Like, like... I, I have, I have, and like I've really enjoyed doing the AP shows, and I love doing the Arrowheads for broad shows. Like they, they were the best. But like, you know, what I enjoy is what we talk about mainly off air, which is far too rude and crude and like nonsensical to ever put on a Chiefs podcast. But you know, I this couple of hours I get with you once a week is is like up there in my top six favorite parts of my week. Easy. It's, it's therapy, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, I, suppose, I suppose. Yeah, because you're like you will actually le- listen to to me talk about Chiefs, where like everyone else in my life, I talk to about Chiefs, they kind of just like switch off and like, oh, there he goes again. There's yeah. the UK NFL fan talking about his NFL team, which I do not care about. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's nice to you know to, to have that have that support system in yourself and and plenty of other guys, but mainly you. Yeah. I can get some things off my chest, like trying to work out who number 13 is for this for the Chiefs this past weekend. That was like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, over here, it's, it's normally we talk about soccer slash football, don't we, with our mates. And uh, not many of them have an NFL team. I'm quite lucky at the minute because quite a few of them are getting into it now. They've all got teams now. Um, but yeah, I get to talk to you each week about the Chiefs and we have a good laugh about it. And, you know, that's, I think that's what over the years people have kind of warmed to it a little bit because we're a couple of lads from the UK. We just have a chat, have a laugh and try not to take it too seriously. We know we're not like these, you know, special analysts and, you know, these pundits that we normally see on TV, but, you know, we enjoy ourselves. We, we love, we, we bring the passion, bring the fun and we just have a great time with it. And you know what? what that sounded like. like a perfectly well-written podcast review for this. So if anyone wants to go back 30 seconds, write that down and put that into an actual review for us, please yeah. hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Do it. Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, five stars preferably, and tell them why you like the Great British Chief Show and why you want, want us to carry on going. Because we will carry on going regardless. But, you know, just <laughs> it just makes it a little bit easier if you guys like show us some love a little bit. Anyways, less of this. Like, come on. Uh, people are probably listening to this, like, feeling sick now. Like, oh, listen to you two. Why don't you just go marry each other? Like, or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, if yeah, our missus really. are listening from upstairs or what, they can hear what, how we're talking about each other. Or if they go back and listen to this podcast, they might be convinced that we're actually having an affair. So let's move <laughs> Let's move on to the cheese, shall we? Well, uh, can I just say, you, you did take your top off for this podcast before we started, and I'm wondering where it's going. It's so hot. It's like the, <laughs> the UK is still in the middle of a heat wave. And yeah. it's like, apparently, there's meant to be thunderstorms today and there's meant to be like a downpour of rain. Well, down south, I've not seen any evidence of that so far. No, and it's no. still hot. And I'm sorry, Brad. I know we do this over Zoom. I know you have to look at me while I'm doing this. But unfortunately for you, you're going to have to look at my body whilst we do this <laughs> because I'm too hot and too, I couldn't I couldn't be uncomfortable and record a podcast. So that probably goes any invite I'll ever get for an in-studio podcast <laughs> or an invite to any other shows. <laughs> oh, you get Tom, you get him topless, you know. <laughs> so it probably yeah, goes those Tom, invites, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and the tagline for the podcast, if you get Tom, you get him topless. <laughs> topless Tom. <laughs> Sounds like my darts nickname, doesn't it? <laughs> 
She just likes me from a body. Oh, right, yeah. Let's crack on with the, with the Bears game because, like you said, we don't want to talk about or get the image of topless Tom at the moment. But, uh, yeah, the Bears game. Um, now, I've got a bit of an apology to make because <laughs> I was Go actually... On. I was actually laughing and and calling this Bears team, you know, worse than well, worse than anything basically, and having a laugh at the roster. And yes, I know it's a preseason game, but they did win. They did win the game, and and it was pretty close. It was it was close to your prediction that you. I did tell you the Bears were win, didn't I? You did. I told you. I told you the Ryan seventeen twenty. I did, yeah. And what was it? Nineteen fourteen. Yeah, that's not that's not bad, is it? That's not bad, mate. I told you the Ryan Poles revenge game was a thing. Like <laughs> Ryan Poles clearly had more revenge on his mind than Matt Nagy did. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So it was a thing. Like, does anyone care about the result? Like, have you seen anyone in the last like few days that are genuinely upset about the Chiefs losing the preseason game? I think I saw one tweet, and that's about no. it. Re- genuinely. Yeah, because they basically just said they want to win every game. I can't remember who it was, but they would say, "I want to win every game," and they're like, "Yeah, it's preseason." It, it wow. means nothing. Yeah. Like, really, the, the only preseason team that matters is the Ravens now. I was going to say, the Ravens are crowing about the fact that they've won, what is it, 21 straight? So I think it's 23 now, isn't it? 23? Maybe? Jeez. I mean, like, that's not really a record that you want to be proud of, is it, really? Well, it is if you're betting on them every week. <laughs> Come on, like, let's be honest. Like, is, at what point do you jump in on the Ravens and start trying to make money on them in preseason football? Because to me, preseason games are coin flips. Yeah. And they are always coin flips. You never really know who's going to win. But somehow, if the Ravens are heads, we've hit heads 23 times in a row. Yeah. Surely, eventually, we're going to hit tails, aren't we? And the Ravens are going to lose. Well, you'd think so. Or, or are they just, or do they just have it in their DNA? They're like, we must be the best preseason team of all time. That's what I'm thinking. I'm starting to think now that they're thinking, well, we've got to keep this going. The yeah. pressure's building. We've got to keep winning these preseason games. Maybe. Or it could be maybe a sign of how well the Ravens construct their roster. Because we always say, or we always say that the Ravens' roster is loaded. Like, how many how many players did they lose last year? They lost so many players to injury, but yet at the start of December they were still the number one seed. Yeah, and that's not because like of coaching. Yes, it is part of coaching, but it has to be it has something to do with the roster as well. If the roster is yeah. that loaded, then surely that's why they still continue to win games despite losing player after player after player. Like their injury list was ridiculous, but yeah. their, their squad, their roster enabled them to carry on winning games. And maybe that's the case with their preseason. Maybe other teams get 90 guys and they like they can just say, right, there's there's 35 camp bodies and then there's a small competition for the last couple of spots. Mm. Maybe with the Ravens, maybe it's like 20 camp bodies and then there's like genuine competition between like 20 guys. For, yeah. for these spots so when they get to preseason games like the third and fourth quarter they've got guys that are genuinely very good well not very good generally good and potential to make an NFL roster yeah so when they're going up against other teams like camp bodies they just end up destroying them maybe that's why the Ravens are so good in preseason or yeah. maybe that's just a load of nonsense but you know there's a theory I just thought off the top of my head there and then well I mean you know if they are feeling the pressure and they feel as though they have to carry it on because I mean they've broken the record now haven't they apparently so, you know, maybe they can just now kind of put that to bed. You know, they made the point that the best preseason team ever. And the I at mean, what point would you be impressed by them? What in preseason? 
<laughs> yeah, like how many games in a row? Like I, I am impressed by 23 games in a row. I think that's impressive. But yeah, but you're point... an Arsenal fan. You're one of these that goes back to the days of like when Arsenal were unbeaten for the whole Premier League season, weren't you? Now that's a massive feat because that is actually something that happened during the season. But pre-seasons, come on. What are you talking about? Like Tottenham Hotspur, they won the Aldi Cup in Korea a couple of weeks, years ago. Oh, like, well, yeah, I mean, look, congratulations a... to them. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, but like, come on, at some point you just have to say like, that that's pretty impressive winning all those games in a row, regardless of Yeah, but what do you what do you get out of it? That's what I, yeah. that's what I, that's what I'm not really impressed about. I mean, there's nothing out out of it. It it just seems like a meaning meaningless stat. It's one of those in that you get in a pub quiz, isn't it? What oh, is the what, what NFL team has won the most preseason games? Who cares? If that come up in a British pub quiz, I would be laughing. If that come up in a British pub quiz, I'd be standing on top of my stool or my chair just going, ha, suck it, losers. I know the answer to this. None of you lot do. Is that when you're going for your 23rd pub quiz win in a row? Is that what what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've digressed again. We always do this, don't we? We always do this. Um, Let's swing it back to the Bears game because... There's a few, uh, you know, key moments in this that um, I want to touch on. and <laughs> key, I mean, the, key moments in a game that doesn't matter, right? A key moments in a game that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the one thing I really, really, really um, was impressed with on this is the Chiefs' offense looks so slick. Just on that first drive, I thought, you know what? This is going to be so much fun this year. And that's the only thing that I kind of took out of this where I thought, there's so many weapons here. Yeah, I think... There was clear emphasis from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to spread the ball around as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I think maybe not Mahomes is necessarily forcing balls, but I, I feel like there was plays designed for absolutely everyone yeah. that lined up on like they wanted the ball in hands for everyone. I, I did he target the same receiver twice yeah. the entire drive? I don't think he did, did he? So like it was Michael Burton first play, then what Hardman. MVS got Pacheco a target. Had one, Pacheco had a, had a pass. Pacheco, yeah. Kelsey, Blake Bell. Did Juju get a target? I, I think Juju might have been the only one that didn't get a target from my home. Juju getting one, but yeah. It, but like it's like you were saying, there's so many, so many people that can spread the ball around to that they thought, yeah, let's have a bit of fun with this on the first drive and see what happens. And yeah, lo and behold, it ended up in a touchdown. But that's what I liked about it. It felt slicker. It felt um, a lot more a lot more structured than what it was before. And instead of just like a lopsided offense, yeah. this just felt like it was just, this is a unit now. This is a complete unit that is going to have so much fun this year. Yeah. Like it was interesting, like the different formations that they threw up from, yeah. from the offensive line. Like they, they played like 21 personnel. Then the next, you know, they've got spread, everyone spread out. And then there's like the eye formation. You're thinking, right. Okay. Now Michael Burton's in the game. You're like, is this what it's going to be like to face the Chiefs now? Is it, is this going to be like, where it's just constant different formations. Like I they they were experimenting with their tight ends like crazy. I don't know if you know this, but like every play, if you look at the tight ends, uh, the way the tight ends were lined up, it was like oh trying to find them. It was it was very like, difficult to find the tight ends because they were just lined up everywhere. Like yeah. you're looking for Noah Gray, you're looking for Kelsey, Blake, Bell. They're just lined up everywhere. And you've got Jody Fortson to come back into this. So that, that was a big part of the game that I I saw. I thought like Coming out, we were thinking, okay, yeah, the Chiefs have a staple of running backs. They have a staple of wide receivers. And now they have a staple of tight ends. Yeah. And they are going to load load, load up so many different personnel groups 
and different personnel groups with so many different skill sets. I just don't know what you do yeah. as a defensive coordinator. It's very much like the first year of uh, Patrick Mahomes when yeah. you had Kareem Hunt, you had Sammy Watkins, you had Tyreek Hill and obviously uh, Travis Kelsey. That was probably like the most loaded weapon base that Mahomes has ever had. And yeah, probably whilst the top level of that unit is remarkable, maybe a little bit better than what we have right now, this one's still very good. There's just slightly more guys. And you you add in like Justin Watson, who had himself a game. Oh, you yeah. add in Isaac Pacheco, had himself a game. Clyde edwards hardly saw any action at all. You've got all these guys to add in. Sky Moore didn't see any action with, with Patrick Mahomes, I don't believe. So he didn't see a single snap with him. You've got him to come into it. It does like it does make your mouth water a little bit to, as to what the Chiefs can do as a complete unit when, when they get to actual regular season football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watson was the, the guy that, that, that actually I put him down as one of the, the, the ones that shined brighter, you know, than, you know, from a really good kind of uh, uh, offensive perspective. Um, yeah, We've already mentioned Pacheco. I think there's a lot of fans really kind of hyping up uh, this Pacheco machine now, which um, I'm on board with it. I really am. I, I, I can really see some talent in the guy. Um, so hard to get on board like this early on. Yeah, like, we've talked about preseason superstars before, and like we don't need to go into it. Like the amount of times I bought Fred Williams this season, this summer has been ridiculous. But there's always like a guy that I was stands out Chase as Daniel to be as, yeah, exactly as the pre yeah yeah exactly. Do you remember when everyone was calling for Chase Daniel to start over with Alex Smith? Absolutely bonkers that was. Um, yeah, there's always like a preseason superstar, and I feel like this year it's like Isaiah Pacheco, and I am warming to the idea of him getting some serious snaps. I do think it's going to happen. Yeah. But let's just calm it down a little bit. Let's just calm it down. Let's calm it down and Justin Watson. At the end of the day, the Chiefs are playing the bit, paying the big bucks to, to Kelsey, to Juju, to MVS, to, and partly to Clyde. They're going to be the guys first. And then then there's going to be, and Hardman as well, then there's going to be like these scraps that the others have to feed off. And I, we know Andy Reid is going to get them the ball. We we know it. Is it. He spreads the ball to everyone. And Mahomes now will have to read, go through his reads and find these receivers as well. Mm. But let's just call it. Let, let's call it on Pacheco. He played one drive. And granted, the, the, the catch, no, he didn't play one drive. So he played one drive with Mahomes. He, the catch that he had, Excellent run after the catch. It looked like he was tackled early and he managed to gain a few extra yards. Really, really good play. But let's just call it. Let's call it a little bit because I we all know that we all know that RB1 going into the season is going to be Kyle Edward to let. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Well, he's going to be the guy. And then after that, it will likely be Jack McKinnon and then maybe Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I think Rojo's gone from what we've yeah, seen. I think Rojo's I, gone. I, but, I think, but let's just call it on Isaiah Pacheco a little bit. Please. No, I think that I think that. Where, the way we saw Ronald Jones uh, in this game, he, he looked like he was struggling a little bit, let's be honest. But I know he was obviously, you know, playing with like the third, fourth string uh, uh, members of the, the, you know, the roster. But I think that kind of heightens or emphasizes that kind of uh, hype a little bit more over Pacheco because oh, yeah. he's already he's already removed Ronald Jones out of the out of the running at the moment, hasn't he? By you know, by obviously being part of that first drive mm-hmm. and playing a lot more earlier snaps than what uh, Ronald Jones did. So I think that just adds fuel to this 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 fire, this machine that's going on with with Pacheco. And the Chiefs absolutely did not help that, by the way, by making making him the like the social graphic for the game. Yeah, I, I think that was clearly a shot at Tyreek Hill, by the way. <laughs> 
do you think? They, they stuck the guy with the number 10 jersey on all of the graphics. Get him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> just, that, that, leads, that leads me to a point, like, how hard is it? And I, I it hasn't really mattered because roster turnover has been so small um, over the previous years. Like, they've, they've tried the whole run it back thing. So you got used to the players' numbers and who these are the guys. Yeah. I really struggled. Like really, really struggled with watching this game and trying to work out who was who because of I'm seeing players in numbers yeah. that I'm not used to seeing them. Like I'm looking at Pacheco in ten. I'm seeing who was the callback at the end of the game. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah. In a, in a thirteen jersey, I'm like, who's that? And like I'm seeing I'm seeing a twenty down. No, no, Pacheco wears six, but I'm seeing like uh, I'm seeing like Justin Reed. And I'm like I'm seeing a twenty. And I'm like who wears number twenty? Yeah. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to work out, sure. and then I see it, and I see like a number eight, and I'm like, everybody's number eight. Like <laughs> it's a D end. It's just like it's just taking some game. Like I hate the number system, the new number system. We've mentioned that. Is, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, it's and horrible, I, isn't it? like, the Chiefs, they have got a lot to answer for for that one because it is horrendous. Whoever decided that, whoever said that was a good idea, let's go, let's put forward this number system. It felt like it was a wind up, but then the rest of the league went, oh yeah, that's okay, let's go with that. Awful <laughs> idea. Awful, awful. Seeing defensive ends with number eight is the worst. Like, I just don't get it. And so I'm watching this game. I'm like, there's a number eight there at the end. He's out of position. Why isn't he playing quarterback? Or like, why is that number eight not playing quarterback? I just don't get it. Even like the only one I'm kind of happy with, and it was was in place before, but like, I like receivers in the tens. Mm. I do like that. That's pretty cool. I feel, feel like the Chiefs have got a cool thing going on. But outside of that, DBs in single digits. Oh, Skymore wearing 24. What the hell is that about? Come on. <laughs> he should be wearing He's... like 14 or something like that, shouldn't he? Yeah, you know what 14 I mean? or yeah. 82 yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Come on. Like Just, you know. Next thing you know, there's going to be a QB wearing like 77 or something like that. And just like, come on, man. Or there's, going to be, or there's going to be some like real like goofball quarterback that comes out of college and goes oh yeah like I'm really cool like I'm the big man and then puts like 69 on his jersey or something like that you know it's going to happen Baker Mayfield was was that kind of quarterback that would have been no he was your hate for Baker Mayfield your hate for Baker Mayfield is just like (laughs) it's just that guy it's it's that guy you've just described as the quarterback like this will be funny let's put 69 in my jersey you know like Spencer Rattler have you ever watched QB is it QB1 with Spencer Rattler no no like he's Quite unlikable. Let's be honest. Like in that show, in that show, I like I don't really know what he's doing in college. To be honest, but yeah. in that particular show, not very likable at all. Like comes across a bit of a, you know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> he's the type of guy. Based on what I saw in high school, not in college, he's the type of guy that's going to come out and we're just like, I'm going to wear 69, and you guys <laughs> are going to find it so funny. <laughs> That's you, you are right, though. It is a bit difficult at the minute with the fans get trying to get adjusting of this new offense as well. Because, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's it's similar in a way of like when you know when drivers swap around in, in Formula One when they do, they go to different teams and you see them in different liveries and different and you think, wow, they, I didn't realize they were driving for them now. It's it's yeah. it's it's that adjustment we've got to make, isn't it? It'll take a couple of games. It'll take a few games before we all get used to it. Um, before it all changes around again at the end of the year, but um. But yeah, you're right. It is it is a bit of a difficult one for fans to kind of get their heads around. And like you said, the numbering system just throws that all into pot as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I have one more take about the game. Go on then. Before we move on. Because I did watch the game today. I didn't watch it the weekend. I couldn't. I was busy. Shocking. So, so I watched the game before 
before this and read a couple of articles. But I've got a bone to pick. Yeah. And that's with the the entire Chiefs offense except Creed Humphrey. Like <laughs> that block that he made for the TD, well, blocks he made for the TD, Blake Bell TD, were ridiculous. He blocks his initial guy, moves up the level and takes out two guys and then giving Blake Bell an absolute walk-in. Yeah. And no one, no one goes and celebrates with him. <laughs> no. Like it was all the bell doors, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, everyone went up to Blake Bell like he'd done the hard work. Come on. It's like, you know, someone taking it around five players and then laying it across to someone to tap into an open goal and everyone going to celebrate with the guy that had the open goal. No, go celebrate with the guy that took you around five players and laid easy pass. He's the real hero here. Yeah. And like Creed Humphrey was the hero in the play. And all the Chiefs players just ignored him. It's just not on. It's poor you know from the Chiefs. They need to work on their celebrating. Humphrey is really becoming one of my favourites, really is. And it's it's crazy to me even to think of that of an all-line. Yeah. I'd even buy his jersey. I'm that, I'm that much in love with Creed Humphrey at the minute. We'll do it then. I might do it, you know. Well, when we go to Arrowhead in, in September, November, yeah. buy a Creed Humphrey jersey. Put your money where your mouth is. Go do you on. know what? I'll take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that All bet. Right. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If if he turns out to play really really well in the first few months of the season, I'll buy a Sky Moore twenty four jersey. There oh, we go. <laughs> all right then. All right. There we, let's, there we go. Let's do that. Let's do that. Creed Humphrey and Sky Moore are on our list. <laughs> Should we do a, a quick hour headline before we hit a break? Yeah, go on. Then. Let's go one. Robert Griffin the third. Now he's been quite vocal about the Chiefs recently. He's been up and down with his takes. He's been on on and off about the Chiefs, and he's 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 almost he's almost getting there. I feel like he's he's finally getting to the point now where he understands the Chiefs. Is he um, is he almost in that Shannon Sharp type? Yeah, yeah. Because he originally said that the Raiders were the number one offense, but he's he's steering more more towards. He said what? Yes, exactly. He said the Raiders were the number one offense. The Raiders. The Raiders, because he mentioned because obviously they got Devontae Adams because apparently one player does change a team, you know. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he was on record of saying the Chiefs are no longer the number one offense in the AFC West. It's now the Raiders. Now that was a few that was a few weeks ago, a few months ago, whatever it was. Before you carry this on, yeah. Before you carry this on, isn't it funny how like Devontae Adams going to the Raiders can elevate them? Yeah. But Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins doesn't elevate them, but it does decimate the Chiefs. Yes. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and you'll you'll find this a lot in this this lot of our headlines, especially when we do the second half of the show, because a lot of it is all, all when you see all the rankings and things like that. It all seems to be because of Tyreek Hill, because of Devontae Adams, because of this, and it always seems to be just one player where these analysts are then just just plucking out these rankings because of one player change. It's crazy. I don't know. I've never yeah. seen it like this before. Have you seen this like this before? I've, well, one player that making that much one of a player. difference. That's not a quarterback, let's say. I've never seen it. No. Yeah, for, for Tay Adams to make such a jump for the Raiders and for, for Tyreek Hill to create such a fall for the Chiefs is quite, is quite something. It is. But these ranking articles are a bit lazy in general. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, exactly. you know, think about, like, think of, like, we're fans first and foremost of the Kansas City Chiefs and the people listening to this podcast are fans of the Kansas City Chiefs 
And we are all very well informed about the Kansas City Chiefs. We can name most of the 53. We can tell you, uh, we see a certain play and we'll be like, oh, that's going to design for that person. Like most fans know a lot and can express a decent level of knowledge about the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, imagine trying to do that for 32 teams. Yeah, especially when you, yeah, it's not enough hours. Even if it's your job, even if it is your job. Yeah. uh, Imagine trying to be that well-informed and know what's going on with every single NFL team across the board. I just couldn't imagine doing it. My brain capacity isn't there for it. And there are, that's why there are very, very few national writers yeah. and analysts that I really, truly respect their opinion of because a lot of it is laziness because mm. they simply do not have the time. Yeah, Especially when you start thinking about guys that cover multiple sports as well as the NFL. There's no way in hell that they can cover all these games and get a, a decent opinion or gather a decent opinions about about these teams. So when they are making these takes, it's just a bit, yes, it's a bit lazy, but it's also because maybe they're, they're biting off more than they can chew. So it is easy for them to say, oh, well, the Raiders got to Adams. They're automatically going to be good. The Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill, who caught, caught Wasp and was like the fastest player in the league. Yeah, yeah they're going to be bad. It's, 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 it's a little bit of that. Yeah. And that's why I enjoy what we do with Arrowhead Pride in terms of our power rankings. Like we do the power rankings throughout the season and they're coming back in September. But it's not my opinion. I guess I write the comments yeah. about the about the teams, but the rankings themselves are not my rankings. They are the entire Arrowhead Pride team's rankings. So it's not just one person's perspective. It is yeah. a collective of what eight, nine, ten writers or or con- or podcast um, hosts from the team. So mm-hmm. it's more of an average, it's an aggregate. So when we get when we generate the, this list of one to thirty two it's probably a bit more like uh, not reasonable, but valuable because as valuable as power rankings can be, but meaningful because it's coming from a array of opinions as opposed to just one person trying their hardest to cover the entire league. Yeah. Which is the way it should be done. Instead of just one person giving, like you said, your opinion and they're just doing their rankings. Yeah, you're right. Everybody collectively putting something together that spits out an aggregate result is is the way to go for me. Um, Just, just to round off this Robert Griffin III, uh, <laughs> just to bring it back round. Uh, yeah, yeah, five minutes later, bring it back round to what I originally was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apparently it says, according to NFL analyst Robert Griffin III, Mahomes needs to develop some serious chemistry with his new look team uh, if the Chiefs want to make another Super Bowl run in 2022, which, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's really? a given. Surely that's a given. Yeah. Um, and he's basically been quoted as saying, Patrick Mahomes wants to win it all every year, doing it without Tyreek Hill and only one of his top four wide receivers from last year returning in McCall Hardman would be legendary. Now, I want to I keep that. I want to keep that snippet of that quote. If Mahomes does it without Tyreek Hill, it would be legendary. Now, would you agree with that, that that would be legendary? Or would you say that, you know, that's what he's been paid to do and we all saw it coming anyway because of the weapons that he's got now? I'm trying to think historically about a player that's done it. Mm. Like similar sort of, in similar sort of fashion where they've lost such a big part of their offence yeah, and then gone on to win without them. Yeah. I'm sure Tom Brady's probably done it. 
Probably. If we if we went if we went and looked at the Tom Brady years, I'm sure he'd done it. But, he had Moss, didn't he? Yeah, but that was Moss. He didn't win a Super Bowl with. Oh, he didn't. He, did they, they 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 had like the greatest season as yeah. an offense together in 2007, but then obviously lost the Super Bowl. They didn't. Know, they never won. There was that. People forget this about Tom Brady, right? That he went such a long time without winning a Super Bowl. Mm. So what, 2014 to two, uh, 2004 to 2014, that's 10 years. After winning three, he went 10 years without winning the Super Bowl yeah. and then went and won three more or four more after Well, basically, that. if you can't win one with Moss, he's crap. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't think of it. Like, it would, of course, it'd be legendary. Because it would make an amazing America's game. We all know it would. We know people would be going on about our oh, losing Tariq Hill. You'll have Paul Rudd back on there talking about the loss of Tariq Hill for the first 10 minutes of the show. And then the next 50 would be just all about how good the receivers were and how good Mahomes was with finding them all. So, yeah, of course it would be legendary because it hasn't been done before. From the top of my head right now, in my opinion, it hasn't been done before where someone has lost a weapon of that calibre mm. in basically the middle of the prime of that player won, as well. won a Super Bowl yeah. with them and then never won one after they've left. That yeah, but it's like yeah. Tyreek Hill was still yeah. at the peak of his powers as well. Yeah. So it, for him to, to lose him like that and then for the, the Chiefs to potentially go on and win Super Bowl immediately after would be very good for Brett Veach. <laughs> very, very good for Brett Veach. No, very good for I, Patrick Mahomes. I, all this talk about Tyreek Hill and obviously, you know, we were saying that, um, you know, because obviously Tyreek Hill is no longer part of the Chiefs and the Chiefs are now decimated because they are no longer going to be, you know, brilliant because Tyreek Hill's gone to the Dolphins. Now, there's a flip side to that coin. Does this now mean that they're all plugging for the fact that the Dolphins are now going to be Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders because no. the, the brilliant Tyreek Hill has now moved on to the Dolphins? That surely means that that's it. They're Super Bowl contenders, right? Well, that's what... That's what we should be hearing, right? They've, they've yeah. got Jalen Waddle. They've got Tyreek Hill. Two is apparently coming on leaves and bounds. We know they're loaded on defense. They've spent an absolute fortune on their yeah. secondary, the Miami Dolphins. And they've got a rookie head coach who comes from, I think it's the um, Kyle Shanahan tree. And everyone goes on about the Shanahan and um, Bay tree like it's the second coming of Andy Reid's and Andy Reid's tree. Like, that's, the, let's be honest, that's the way people talk about them. So, yeah, you would, you would argue that the, the Dolphins should be in that race but they're not they're, everyone's still picking the bills to win that division um everyone's still thinking the jets can be pretty good this year that zach wilson looks like he's gonna be fine for week one obviously you've got bill belichick and the patriots in that division that's never an easy out but no one is talking about the miami dolphins as as i talk i'm trying to get some filler to find out the actual the, the odds for the miami dolphins to win the super bowl and you can get them at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 favourites to win the Super Bowl. 18. Uh, 33 to 1. Wow. So, yeah. And that's even after signing Tari Kill. There's a bit of an imbalance here, isn't there? Yeah. With the, uh, you know, the Chiefs hate and, the, you know, the, the Dolphins love, let's say. Um, well, I suppose we'll have to leave it at that, really. Um, I'm sure we'll mention Tyreek Hill again at some point. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> um, right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be doing some more Arrow Headlines. Yeah. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. We're going to do the second half of the show with uh, yet another Arrow headline because they're so good. And But a bit of a twist on this one because we don't normally talk about fantasy because nobody cares about fantasy teams unless it's yourself, isn't it? Is that, that, that fair? That's nobody the rule, about, isn't it? I don't care about your fantasy team, Tom. You don't care about mine. No. No. There is an Arrow headline apparently about Juju Smith-Schuster. And uh, obviously, he's kind of, you know, draft potential. Is there a good case for him or is there a bad case for him? What do you, where do you think that Juju Smith Schuster should be selected in this, in these fantasy drafts these days? He's below Travis Kelsey's absolutely the first answer. Like the third or fourth Chiefs off the board. Like, yeah. if you had to rank the Chiefs in terms of like, and I'm sorry it's gone to fantasy, and this kind of applies. Like, we're not talking about teams. We're just talking about value, fantasy value and how we think they can project <laughs> going into the season. Let's be clear, Chiefs Kingdom. That's what we're doing. And so Travis Kelsey is the first guy off the board, right? In in, in most PPR leagues. You, you select, you, uh, what, you select him first round? Well, no, 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 no. Not first round. I'm just saying of all the Chiefs players, he's the first one that's likely to be selected unless you're a crazy nut job that goes quarterback early and goes for Patrick Mahomes which yeah, that, is exactly what you are let's say Kelsey number one Mahomes number two then it's probably a toss up between like Clyde and Juju but would you want to touch a Chiefs running back in fantasy like how many mm. how many people in Chiefs Kingdom have been burnt by Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the last couple of years on fantasy yeah, last year for sure yeah yeah, just yeah, like yeah. egg on their face. Like oh, I remember, yeah. I remember like the first year that he got drafted and being like, "Ah, oh, uh, if I pick, if I get like a top eight pick, I'm taking Clyde Edwards there. I don't even care." And <laughs> yeah. I think I did. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think I think I did take it. I take Clyde Edwards there, and that turned out to be one of the worst decisions ever. After week one against the Texans in his debut, it looked amazing. What was it? 167 yards, two touchdowns. Amazing. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Uh, after that, it's poor. So maybe I don't trust Clyde Edwards there. A little anymore, but Juju, I think it's an interesting one. I, I, I love Juju. I yeah. really do. I love the TikTok. I like. I'm annoyed he doesn't do TikTok anymore because I love the TikTok stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not of an age yet where I don't feel like TikTok is appropriate. Like, but you know, you get certain age, like more like your generation, we're like, oh, TikTok's rubbish or not. Or not. But <laughs> it's it's not. It's just 
people having fun making videos and that's all Juju was doing yeah so I, I i like him and i like him as a player and i i feel like there's there, there's a chance that we can just get not necessarily that rookie season juju smith schuster but like something a bit close to that and if he's gonna do it anywhere he's gonna do it in kansas city and so yeah. i i'm gonna be inclined like we're drafting friday we've got our big fa- we've got our big fancy draft on friday yeah. and I, i'm I'm thinking maybe, you know, I might take Juju rounds three to four. Or am I oh, just what? saying that to get you to take him out? <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this is where the tactics come in, isn't it? Because um, I, I actually did a, a draft just this week. And, um, you know, I, I, as, as per usual, I took Mahomes quite early anyway. I think it took him about a third pick, I think it was. Um, because I was picking first, believe it or not, I hate picking first. So I had the like the the double pick at, towards the end. You know, you had to wait 18, 18 spots or something like that before you could actually select again. And then you get two in a row. And I actually picked up um, Patrick Mahomes, and then later on, I think I actually picked up Tyreek Hill as well, probably in the fourth round. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and somebody actually said to me in the chat, they were going, ah, ah, you're not going to get the stack on him anymore, are you? You know, because obviously, you know, Hill and Mahomes was always kind of like a a, a shoe in, really. If you stacked with those, you 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 know, you were you were well well set on actually winning games yeah. each week. Um, and then round about the eighth round, Juju Smith Schuster was sat there, and I thought, I'm getting him. I'm going, <laughs> got Juju in the eighth round because nobody was picking him. Nobody was picking him because I think obviously be, before, you know, in his last couple of seasons or whatever, he hasn't been really racking up the numbers. And, and he gets injured uh, a lot. And he gets injured a lot, yeah. Um, and <laughs> he actually picked him up in the eighth. And I went back into the chat and I said, there's the stack, boys. <laughs> <laughs> there's the stack right yeah. there. <laughs> he's, he's, I like who has scoring the touchdowns this year because even Kelsey, he's never been like a formidable touchdown scorer, has he? he no. He's, he never like... He never, he's never like in the top part, like top part of the league for touchdown score. Yeah, in terms of receptions and guards, he always he's always there. But for actual TDs, that's probably where he's lacking. And if you look at his all-time ranking against against other tight ends, that's where he lacks. Yeah. So if he's not going to be Kelsey, and let's say the running backs get their share, who like who's going to be this go-to receiver that gets gets TDs? And I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Juju or MVS. That that that's yeah. who I think. Obviously, Hardman will have his plays made for him, but I really like the idea of Juju playing across the middle, like those big strong plays in, down in the end zone. And I think Mahomes is going to like it too. Like he's going to enjoy having that big body target. I think Jody Fortson is going to be an absolute weapon yes. in the end zone this year. The one there's your value. There's your value. There, exactly. There's your value pick. You just teach, pick Jody Fortson or just put a bet on him to score a touchdown every week. Cause I'm sure you'll get good odds on him. If you stick a tenner on him every single week to score a touchdown, not that I condone gambling, gamble responsibly, everybody, yes. but stick, if you want to stick ten pounds or ten dollars, if you can, if you live in Kansas, of course, or if the UK where you can gamble anywhere, um, yeah, stick ten dollars down uh, on on Jody Fortson every single week to score a touchdown. I'm sure that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes over the season will make you some money. Yeah, I reckon so as well. I mean, it's I mean, just going back on that, you know, that that article on our headlines, um, you know, talking about the best case and worst case scenarios of, of picking up Juju. I mean, you're going to get that with any player. You know, there's always going to be a good case and a bad case. Um, but, you know, looking at his previous record, I think he's, I think he's been a bit unfair on him. I mean, we've mentioned it in a, a I think it was last, last show, the show before that, where Juju had 
some terrible, terrible luck with quarterbacks. Like you said, mm-hmm. he had an old man throwing at him. Then he had uh, some rookie that, you know, like clubbing people over helmets or something, you know, with helmets or something like that. No, no, it was Browns, wasn't it? Yeah, you club with there. a helmet. Club with a helmet, yeah. So, you, yeah, so you, you tried like a blaming the victim there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, he hasn't had a really good quarterback that's really going to... I mean, yeah, you could argue Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben Roethlisberger in the last year, or the last two years, was terrible. Was terrible. Just, he shouldn't have been out there. He shouldn't have been out there. No, he shouldn't have been. And so, it, so it's like we're like an old man strays from a, a care home and then they have to go back and get him. <laughs> come back. Go on, you know you're not allowed out. You're only, you're only allowed out on Tuesdays. Wheeling uh, like, back come in. On, come on, Ben. <laughs> come back in. No, but yeah, I, I think Juju is just a fascinating case study. I really do. For for all play, all players going forward, like coming out, getting the hype, the Madden cover, and then having two or three years of hardship down to quarterback play to injury and then getting that second chance at, at a team like Kansas City with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes with a play caller like Andy Reid and it's like can they rekin it's, it's probably it's a case of to say right if you put talent in the right situations regardless of what they've done before mm. can they rekindle it and find their potential or reach their potential so the, we might be sitting here in a year's time and the Chiefs are paying Juju $17 million a year and signed him up for three years because he was outstanding this this, this gone season. Yeah. Or we could be in a position where oh, Juju, one, million, one year, five million, do we really want to do that? Because it, it, it hasn't worked out. Honestly, you just said about the best case and worst case scenario. It is such a large sort of spectrum for him to fall in that uh, oh, the best case could be his rookie season and he's getting 14, 77 yards and 10 touchdowns and absolutely electric. The worst case could be injury ridden, hardly gets on the field. Other guys come ahead of him, MBS, Sky Moore, McCall Hardman. He becomes the fourth, fifth string pass catcher and maybe gets like two or 300, like maybe like a Sammy Watkins type year yeah. when, when he's always injured. And so it, for me, Juju going into the season is just like the player I want to watch. I am, I am rooting more for Juju than any other Chiefs player this year. I yeah. really am. He's going to be my, like the guy that I'm watching every single week. I hate his number. The fact he's wearing number nine, I cannot stand. <laughs> but I am seriously rooting for Juju this 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 coming season. Yeah, I mean, obviously any Chiefs player I'm rooting for, but I was I wasn't too um overly keen on on Juju when we uh when we were linked with him. I thought, nah, really is he is he that player we really want? Because I was previously, like everybody else, was looking at you know his previous um output. If we had him last year, we would have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um but see, we would have definitely this. Like, think about how bad Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle were. Not bad, but like how ineffective they were in uh, several games last season, where yeah. we were in a position where we were forcing the ball to Tyreek Hill, where we were forcing the ball to Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Tar- Tar- Hill was dictating coverages, yet there was no one that could take advantage of it underneath. Mm-hmm. No one could make the big catches across the middle, the ones that could win early. Yeah. It was Those players just did not exist. If we had Juju last season when we were linked with him, and if for some stupid reason he chose to go back to the Steelers for another year, if we had him last season, we would have definitely made the Super Bowl and I, I fancy our chances to win it as well. Yeah, and, and seeing what he's been producing in, in training camp, 
yeah, I'm I'm all on board the juju train now. Juju. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just do that? Yeah, I just thought of that. Yeah. Juju. Juju. <laughs> Oh, that's going to become a bit, isn't it? It's going to um, become a bit. Shall I lead it. our headlines for that one day? All aboard the Juju train. Make things go viral again, Tom. I can't hack yeah. it. Can I just uh, can I just throw in one more hour headline because um, I thought it's quite uh, obviously on point with uh, with what we're talking about recently with rankings and stuff. And, and and I promised Tom during the break that I wasn't going to bring bring up another ranking, but <laughs> oh, no. I just want to bring this one up because uh, there was a there was a ranking on NFL.com. Apparently, um, the top nine offenses in 2022, oh, and Bills number one. But yeah, I'd probably argue that Bills are probably number one. I would I would argue that Chargers number two, <laughs> Chargers number two, Raiders number four, and Chiefs number eight, and Broncos number nine. Did you see who wrote that article? It was the same guy that didn't put Travis Kelsey in his Hall of Fame locks last week. Well, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so that is why I did not want us to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> I mean... Brad, no one wants to hear this. The guy gets paid to do that. That's what we talked about the first half of the show. Lazy <laughs> rankings. That's, you know, oh man. In this case, right, in this case, do you hate the player or do you hate the game? Um, in this case, the player. <laughs> See, <I'm, laughs> I am very much, I am very much a blame the game type type of person. I honestly, if if the if if the NFL are stupid enough to pay him to have these takes, then <laughs> then then fair enough. He he keep Ryan. He knows he knows what's get knows what's going to get hit. And like any Raiders fan or whoever have an opportunity to have one over the Chiefs, of course they're going to click onto that. Chiefs fans are going to click onto that. I included it on head, in the headlines. I'm part, partly to blame for this as well. But yeah, <laughs> if anyone's if, if if anyone's going to click on it, then they're going to write it. So fair play to them. Yeah, but I mean, having the, having the Chargers at number two is just. I mean, come on. I mean, somebody even said that he was going to have an MVP year as well and win a Super Bowl. I don't think Justin Herbert's win MVP is that outlandish. Really? Yeah, I can see it. Nah, I can't see like, it. Like, think about how much loving he gets for a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine how much loving he's going to get if they win eleven games or twelve games. I, I, I it's it's going. It. If the Chargers play well, they win loads of games. They win eleven or 12, 12 games. Justin Herbert will win the MVP. Bold, bold prediction, that. Very bold prediction. Okay. Right, so the Chiefs are playing the Washington Commanders in the next preseason game at Arrowhead. Yay! We get to see Arrowhead in all its glory again. Um, we need to do predictions, which Tom nicely reminded me just before I cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> predictions, mate. Now, shall I go first, or do you want to go first this time? You can go first. I'll go second. I went first last time, and I said forty-eight-three to the uh, to the Chiefs. Now I'm going to be a bit more reserved about this one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, Chiefs twenty-one, Commanders twenty. Okay, that's not outlandish. No. So I've just had a quick look at the Washington Commanders. Almost at the other one. <laughs> Nearly said it. Uh, almost at the other one. Uh, Washington Commanders 
last game against the Panthers preseason. And Carson Wentz attempted 13 passes. And he's the guy that they're expecting to be the starter going in. So obviously he's gonna he's gonna see some serious snaps this weekend in our head. And I I I I, I find the downfall of Carson Wentz fascinating. I do because like how good he was in Philadelphia early. And obviously the year they won the Super Bowl, he was in the MVP race. And the year after he started off pretty well as well, guided them to a plus and then another injury. And uh, so I, I I do we're talking about Juju's redemption tour. Like, is this the is this the place for Carson Wentz where he's gonna finally like come good again or yeah. is it going to fall fall apart but my, my broader point to this is that I feel like Washington are going to play their starters longer and the Chiefs will really? maybe play Mahomes for a, a quarter maybe a quarter yeah and then Chad Henney will play a quarter and then so on and so forth but I can imagine Washington because they're so bad and they're trying to turn it around that they're, mm. they're going to play these starts for longer they're going to try and just you know Get some things going, especially with this new quarterback. So I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go to the Chiefs score seventeen again. Chiefs seventeen, and Washington will score thirty-one. Oh right, okay. Do yeah. so you think that because they've got, they've got the starters on longer? Yeah, they'll start. You know, trying to make yeah. it click a little bit more than what. Yeah, yeah. That that could be totally worthless from what I just said. Um, but you know. It, well, of course, it's worthless. It's preseason, but there, there, there's the method to my madness, shall we say? There's my reasoning. Well, I mean, the Chiefs are going to be making some cuts by is it Wednesday today? Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, we've gone obviously less of a less of a pack to get through. Um. Mm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see Mahomes playing a quarter. Um, I mean, they might plan to do that, and then after a few drives, if they score like all all the first three drives or something, they might just go. You know what? Let's just let's just pack it in for now for the day, and just let's you know. If, let's throw if the Chiefs score three touchdown drives in the first quarter, that means MVS is having himself a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. But uh, all right, then I'm looking forward to it because it is at our head. So uh, I'm not. It's a perfect time for us as well. Nine o'clock Saturday evening. Great, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, the last one was uh, six o'clock, which was about a tad too early, but I won't complain about that during the season. <laughs> no. All right, then. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, your boys from the kingdom will return next week, but with a bit of a difference because we're going to be doing uh, one of our callbacks. We're talking about, obviously, the 50th, uh, you know, 50th show at, at Our Ahead Pride. And... Uh, we're going to do a callback to one of our previous shows where it was called um, Back to the Chiefs. You forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> it was called Back to the Chiefs, uh, where we actually looked back at a game and, you know, it was quite, quite an, you know, an iconic game during the Chiefs, uh, you know, history. And we kind of put a modern spin on it, but act as though it is happening right before our very eyes or we're reacting to it at the end of the game um and it sounds a bit weird but it is funny because we do have a few little quips in there a few little jokes in there that you know um bit of irony in there that kind of thing so uh, we thought it would be a bit entertaining because i'm not gonna actually gonna be here <laughs> believe it or not i'm actually gonna be on holiday so we're gonna record this special one for you to listen to and uh, we hope you enjoy it because we had so much fun on some on previous ones we had, didn't we? Didn't we? Mm -hmm. Really yeah. good ones. Um, so yes, we will be returning next week. 
for that special show. Back to the Chiefs. And uh, also stick around on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network for your Chiefs content. And of course, keep up to date with everything Chiefs at arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.